0: strap on the boots and scrape up the knuckles oh, what
1: a hit. he got jacked this is the big red raid presented by santan ford in gilbert
2: mary's gonna score touchdown slammed to the ground by Buda Baker! like a torpedo he came flying into the backfield <laughs> Vision blurring. Rage taking
1: over. Here's Paul Calvisi. I'm ready.
2: I'm 100% ready. I'm telling you, I'm ready. And Ron Wolfley. It doesn't get any better than that. Unleash the fury!
3: Here in week nine, the urgency is such that Ron Wolfley, I waive my almighty rule no math. To cite the following that it is a two-game difference in the division with nine to play. I mean, that's possible, right? That's plausible. Dare I say doable. Here's the thing. You even have the team you're chasing in town this Sunday because it is Welcome to the Gauntlet, three straight division games. And here on the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert, it is Welcome to Rondale Moore, who joins us here on this edition. Fresh off, what, you endured rain at practice, and then you had to wade through all the hard knocks cameras that are outside the studio here. I mean, uh, there's a little something flying everywhere at this point in the season, Rondale. How are we doing?
4: Good, man. Appreciate uh, you guys having me. Excited to be on. Um, yeah. You doing great, yeah.
0: Rondell, thank you so much, buddy. Really do appreciate it. Listen, you were born in New Albany, Indiana.
4: What was that town like, man? Um, it's a smaller place. Um, pretty much everyone knows everyone. Uh, whatever business you've got, I'm sure someone else close to you knows as well. Uh, very um, tight knit. Again, uh, everyone knows everyone. So not a big town, and um, it was a nice place to grow up. Would you pick up first, a
3: football or a basketball in Indiana? Basketball. Cuz you were on a high school state title team? Right. What was that like? Especially in Indiana?
4: Yeah, no, it was super <laughs> dope. I um I've got some some guys that I played with that I'm still really cool with to this day. Um obviously Romeo Langford. Um, Ended up going like 14th to the Celtics, and I think he's he's with the Spurs now, but um, he was on that team, so that was super cool to see him play and things like that, so uh, it was a cool experience.
0: So, Rondell, were you you point? Were you the point guard? What what position did you play on that team?
4: Yeah, no, I played um, point guard. I wasn't really the guy, Um, more so just out there, you know, Sharing the sharing the rock and playing defense to be honest. If you guys want to stay title, you're probably rock stars at that point, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, you can say that. It was <laughs> it was it was pretty cool. Obviously, the uh, winning state championship, obviously in the the city of uh, New Albany, and come back, and then everyone just recognizes you simply because you were on that team. So um, that's pretty cool. It's crazy. I still have people who recognize me from that team. And, like, have no clue, like, that I transferred and now I play football and that kind of stuff.
0: <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah.
4: No, I'll go home oh. and someone will talk about basketball and just be like, hey, you oh. work
0: there.
4: Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Can, can you dunk, Rondell? Yeah.
0: No. Go, really?
4: Yeah. How old oh were you goodness. when you first dunked? Uh, I mean, I was older. I was probably, like, a sophomore in high school. Did you ever rip so- one off in a game? <laughs> no, nah, I never got one in a game. No.
0: So wait a minute Rondo. you're telling me you're what you're, you're all five seven is that what it is I'm five eight okay you're five eight I'll give you that inch right <laughs> um, and you can dunk right <laughs> no, I mean just but well, I'd ma- love to see that man okay
3: but wait a minute when you realize his viral video what your freshman year at Purdue sophomore year whatever it was where you squatted 600 pounds yeah <laughs> then okay it kind of makes sense the leg strength.
4: Yeah, it goes hand-in-hand. Hand. I like to say that definitely helps, for sure. <laughs> T-
3: tell us about, by the way, because I remember asking you about this before the Eagles game, and Rondale Moore is our guest, Cardinals receiver. We'll get into the football here in a minute, but you've got to tell me that story again about how when you were in the squad rack, you're going to try 600 pounds, and by the time you were done, you were saying, I'm never going to do that again. So tell us about the in-between, because I brought it up because
4: Jalen Hurts did the same thing, yeah.
3: the Eagles quarterback.
4: Yeah, a few things. Obviously, I, I think I did like... I think your original question was, you know, how do you just decide one day you're going to do 600 pounds? And for me, it was like, in college, you max out. Obviously, you don't do that much in the NFL, but in college, you have these max out days, whether that be upper body, lower body, whatever. So um, we were squatting, of course, and I think I was at 500. I moved it pretty easy. I think I went 550, and at that point, it's just like, you want to go 10 pounds or you just want to go 600? So I'm like, let's just give 600 a ride. And um, (laughs) what I was telling you, when when I unracked it, as I'm, like, backing up, I can just feel my legs just, like, shaking like crazy. And I'm like, oh, I got to lock this one in. Like, I can't keep moving. Um, and then I proceeded to squat, and it just took me lower than I actually wanted to go. Um, so it was kind of tough getting out of there. But, yeah, that was kind of the backstory. on that.
0: <laughs> wow, that is incredible, Rondell. What about your bench? What's the most you ever benched? Uh, 405. Wow! Man, that's incredible. Yeah.
3: Wolf, we'll have a breakout session later where Rondell and myself can tell you all about weightlifting okay a little bit later yes. we'll get into that uh, we do have a football game to talk about at Minnesota and uh, it was let's just first get into the touchdown okay my post game interview with Rondell was so miserable Ron Wolfley how miserable was it how big a fail was it I don't think I even got around to your 38yard touchdown so you it was take a huge us ball. you it isn't often in life you get a chance to redeem yourself so here we go uh, tell us Rondell if you would about the 38-yard touchdown from snap to finish.
4: Um, I, I basically had a little snag route. Uh, it was zone. Sat in the zone. Caught it. Um, tight turn. Uh, we do a drill all the time uh, in practice uh, that you know involves like ball security and and drop step in and things like that. So huge shout out to Fitz there. But I uh, kind of did that, and then I saw like three guys and. Try to just take an angle on the safety to move him a little bit, and I, I uh, fifty-four went for the ball. Seven, I think, uh, yeah, seven was on my right. Patrick Peterson. Yeah, and I, um, <laughs> I don't know. I thought I was tackled. To be honest with you, I just kind of tried to keep moving my legs, and then somehow got out of there, and uh, yeah, ended up in the end zone.
0: <laughs> so, Rondell, was last week's game the
4: best game you played as a pro? Uh, uh, probably the Minnesota game last year. I was going to say. yeah, I was going to
0: say because, yeah, you had eight receptions for 114 and a touchdown as well last year. What is it with you and the Vikings?
4: That's a great question. I'll take it, though. I don't know. (laughs) You know, the question is, uh, why don't the Cardinals make
3: that happen more often than just the Vikings? In fact, that was the question of Cliff Kingsbury about Rondell
0: Moore. You know, he's dynamic. we got to find ways to get him the ball in space. And uh, he has the ability to do that on, on any and every play. And, and um, so it was good to see. I'm glad he got to uh, have some, some positive plays. I think that's going to, you know, help him moving forward. And, and the rapport of the quarterback is obviously growing now that they've been on, on task together for a couple straight weeks.
3: Yeah, I mean, you, you did miss the first few games, right, w- with the hamstrings. So you tell us, how much of a process is it getting in sync, getting in rhythm with your quarterback, any quarterback?
4: yeah it's huge plays a big part um obviously just building that rapport and continuing to have reps and just dialogue in between you know each and every practice so I think that goes a long way with just being able to trust someone know um when he's going to do this when he's going to do that how many steps does it take him to get flat out of a out uh, in cut outbreak or out whatever um it may be so just kind of those certain things uh play a huge role in just uh, getting on the same page with one another
0: so, Rondell, here it is, your second year, of course. Um, how is this season going for you personally?
4: Um, it's good, man. I, I can't complain. I'm in a great situation. and blessed, man. I Great staff, great teammates. Um, love coming to work every day. Obviously, Arizona's a great place to live as well, so no complaints on this. End. And,
3: and, and with DeHop back, how's it different? because you're not that far from him in the locker room obviously you're in the same huddle i know i think it was eno benjamin who, who told us a couple of games ago is like having a second quarterback in the huddle just tell us about the d-hop factor if you would
4: yeah man he just uh, he just goes out there and and is a ball player I, if that in layman's terms like he's just a ball player um figures it out gets open um and he just, I mean, obviously he, he dictates coverage. So it uh, makes it a lot easier for us when he draws so much attention. It uh, just makes us able to have a lot more room to to work certain things. So um, great to have out there. In
3: fact, uh, Wolf, here's here's DeAndre Hopkins, right? And just talking about, you know, the production and, and how he's not surprised.
1: Not surprised at all obviously i put in the work i had a great team around me during those six weeks to make sure when i got back that there wasn't any drop off Uh, it's obviously it's hard to go out and and try to simulate a a game or or even a practice but we did a good job first game i felt good second game i felt even better so hopefully um you know i'll just keep
4: improving um as as the year go on
1: rondale how how much have
0: you learned
4: from deandre hopkins uh, a ton. Again, um, I tell people this all the time. On the field, off the field, great, uh, great resource to have. Great guy. Uh, whether that be finding someone to cut your grass or walk your dog or whatever, the case may be. Coverage, plays, whatever. So um, that guy comes equipped with a lot of different skills. So great guy to have on your team. Yeah, he's he's kind of like Larry in that regard. Larry, for
3: sure. Back in the day, Cliff Kingsbury liked to say about Larry, he just wins at life. Like he's got. Lots of stuff figured out. He, he's dialed in, isn't he? D-Hop is that guy, isn't he? Yeah, that's a great phrase.
4: Uh, <laughs> great way to explain that. To explain yeah. Hop. Although so, I, Rondell,
0: how, how's the body doing right now? How, how are you feeling?
4: I'm good, man. I feel great. Um, I think uh, our training staff here does a, does a great job. And then Cliff obviously um, takes care of us as well. And then um, everything that I do um, by myself or outside the facility has paid dividends for me this year. So um, I've been feeling good. You helped Greg Dorch feel better after that muff punt, didn't you? You made a comment to the
3: media that it happened to you last season. And just recount that if you wouldn't mind and what, indeed, you did maybe had to say to, to Greg Dorch after what was a pretty decisive and instrumental play, you know, a game-changing play in that loss of Minnesota.
4: Yeah, um, obviously, again, like you just said, I've been there before last year in Green Bay, so I know that feeling. I kind of know, um, you know what you want to hear there and what you don't want to hear. So for me, it's just like, yo... Keep being you. Keep balling. Don't try to be anyone next to you. Whatever you do is enough, man. And, you know, we're still riding with you. still trust you. So, uh, and he knows that, again. He's been in the league. Um, this is fourth year. So, I mean, he's been on playing different teams. He saw a lot of different things. So, uh, Dort's a really savvy player, um, strong-headed guy. So, he, he knows that, you know, we still trust him, still riding with him, and uh, got all belief in him.
0: So talk to us a little bit, if you don't mind, about the offense, uh, generally speaking, right now. Um, How do you think the offense has performed? Where do you have to get better?
4: Yeah, man, I think we've progressed and uh, made really big strides, honestly. Um, I think where we just need to get better is obviously not hurting ourselves. Um, I think the game plan we put in is great. I think we have the talent around us to, to be really good. And, again, we're a few plays away from, from being, you know, one of the ex- most explosive offenses in this league. So, uh, again, I think it's just um, the, the things we do to ourselves. So whether that be penalties or um just like little things and uh it's things that are fixable and, and luckily we've got everyone back and, and we're continuing to work through those things and, and we're getting better. So I know one of the messages and we're on board with Rondell Moore Cardinals receiver
3: was about the urgency that's needed at this moment. Not just being three and five, but what you just cited, right? Everyone's gotta lock in, you gotta eliminate those missed assignments and alignments. But it's up to the players, isn't it?
4: Yeah, no for sure. And uh again we've We've done a good job with um, just communication throughout the week and. Um I mean, previously to this week as, as well. Um, just, just trying to figure it out and realizing like it's, it's up to us to figure this thing out. The coaches can't go out there and play for us. Uh, they can give us the game plan, but you know, it's, it's, it's us as a, as a collective group to go out there and just do our jobs. If we can, if every person on the field can do their job for one play and continue to do that the whole game, I think we've, we got a pretty good shot. It's a big game against Seattle. We'll talk about the
3: Seahawks, the first place Seahawks. When we come back with Rondell Moore on the Big Red. Red presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert.
2: Snap to Kyler, drops back, fires left side. It's caught for a first down by Moore at the 40, at the 45, of the 50, and to the 45 of Minnesota, and tackled at the 43. Murray and shotgun takes the snap, drops back to pass. Looks right, throws right. Moore caught at 30, turns right, 25, 20. Moore breaks a tackle to the 10, to the 5, touchdown. There's the explosive play, a huge response by Arizona.
0: That is fantastic right there.
3: Rondell Moore with a 27-yard catch, 38-yard touchdown at Minnesota. And here's the question I wanted to ask you in the last segment. As we continue with a Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert, we are Santan Ford. Do you realize that you left Patrick Peterson with a handful of fabric? That he had the the tail end
4: of your undershirt? Do you realize that? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. No, I I think our Instagram page, I posted something. I saw a picture. Obviously during the game, I, I mean, I didn't no but uh, I saw a picture of that Instagram page I posted
3: how angry was Pat P out there rondale I mean I, he was barking at the Cardinals sideline pre-game during the game post game my goodness
4: yeah I mean he's he's a competitor um, can't fault the guy goes out there works his tail off he's you know has a ton of respect around this league and uh, he's been a good player for a long time so um, he's just the ultimate competitor and obviously a little emotions he got involved in everything. And, you know, he's just trying to win just like everybody else. <laughs>
0: So, Rondell, uh, what kind of pro are you? Are you a guy that likes to hang around the facility building and stay there late and do all your film work there? Do you like or do you like to go home? Do you like to go home, get away, a little separation, watch a lot of tape at home? Which type of pro are you? Somebody who likes to hang out in the facility building or at home?
4: I think I've kind of evolved in that aspect I remember being in college and I would enjoy being at the facility all day and doing all that kind of stuff now it's just like I'm a work at work and whatever I need to get done here I'll get done here and then uh, I'll go home and and pretty much do all all the rest of my studying and and tape watching and um, I think the biggest thing that has changed from college until now is just uh, the things that I do outside of work so obviously going home to eat um, I've got a I mean, I hired a chef, and if I have to get a massage, my masseuse is coming to my home, and then I have another person who uh, does my body work. That includes, like, faster stretching and things of that sort. I go see my chiropractor. So um, a a day is just really busy for me as far as um, just maintenance on my body, uh, keeping my mental right. And then I've got two dogs at home as well, so that that (laughs) factors.
0: What kind of dogs, Rondell?
4: I've got a a French Bulldog and then an XL American bully. Wow. Oh, what are their names, man? Uh, my Frenchie is a, a Saint, and then my Bully is King. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's pretty good, though. I mean, year two,
3: and you've already instituted all that sort of work away from the facility. But then I look here at your bio, and it says you earned a degree in business from Purdue in two and a half years. Come on now. That's a typo,
4: right? <laughs> no, I got it done quick, man. I <laughs> I basically got to campus in the summer of uh, 2018 and sat down with my advisor and told her, hey, this is my plan. I want to be gone in three years, and I want to get my degree. So uh, we kind of scheduled it out. And uh, luckily, I was able to finish. And uh, all the classes aligned, and I got it done.
0: Wow. So, Rondell, you're getting ready to play, obviously, the Seattle Seahawks um, this Sunday at State Farm Stadium. Give me your thoughts on the Seahawks
4: cornerbacks um man I, I think they they present a lot of different um talents and things of that sort um they've got some longer guys out there um uh, they got a guy in the nickel who's patient he's good I, I i enjoy uh, going against him a uh, really competitive guy um so i i think they do a lot of things well and obviously they they play some zone um and they'll, they'll play man here and there but uh zone team so uh, again they kind of get into that. Uh, ben, don't break defense and, and try to keep everything in front of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, DeAndre
3: Hopkins to the media brought up on his own. they round five rookie, the six four Woolen, twenty seven. Yeah, yeah, and he runs a four two six. Yeah, former receiver somehow lasted until round five. Yeah, and he, he's legit on film, isn't he?
4: Yeah, no, he's a good player. Um, he does a good job of being patient, using his length, and uh, making plays.
0: How would you characterize the Seahawks defense? I mean, you, you mentioned a little bit the fact they play zone a lot more zone than they do man. But uh, are they a high pressure team? Do they like to come after you at all?
4: Uh, they'll do some things. They'll they'll walk some guys down in the box and then not not a ton, but they'll bring a little bit. Um, but again, they they stick to you know um, zone coverage and again just keep everything in front of them. Yeah.
3: And that's the rage, right, guys? This whole Zoff zone, too high safety. uh, It's not just the Cardinals who are facing that. Everyone gets it. Mahomes, Josh Allen, doesn't matter. What's the key as an offense?
4: Stay on schedule. Um, Keep the ball moving. Try not to get in um, third and long situations, obviously. Um, You don't want to have penalties and things of that sort that that move you back, that force you to run plays that you didn't want to run or things like that. So... Uh, again just staying on schedule Um, and that means trying to stay in short distance down so second and three third and third and two third and four things of that they're just third and manageable or uh, things like that so uh, just continuing to move the ball up the field so in the first meeting uh, a couple of weeks ago you were targeted ten
0: times had six receptions for 49 yards how did the Seahawks play you the first time around
4: (laughs) again zone Uh, that was it yeah yeah, we we did get they a little bit of man. They walk up and jam you a little. Uh, no, nah, they were most no nah, mostly all yeah. Hmm. Three, there's a lot of three. I saw a lot of three. Um, the nickel would carry um, quarters. And they'll play two. So, so, you know,
3: it was amazing. Your Cliff Kingsbury yesterday, and we're on board here with Rondell Moore, Cardinals receiver, say that so far this season the Cardinals have trailed ninety-one percent of the game time. Wow, think about that. Wow. So, in Cliff readily admits it it takes you out of your game plan it it shut you become one-dimensional if you're chasing the game and you're you're trailing how how far would it go as an offense if you could just get that balance rondell because you weren't able to run the ball against minnesota and that changes a lot doesn't it
4: yeah um everything you do in this league is predicated off of who can run the ball really well and who can't um obviously you want to be able to Uh, run the ball so they've got to bring more guys in the box and obviously that's when you get your one-on-one then you get coverages that you know you want to throw the ball in. so um, I think we've we've been doing a better job of running the ball Um, so uh, I think for us it's just execution and just communicating getting it all figured out I think uh, we've got some really good backs who can who can take it to the house and have the ability to do a lot of different things so a ton of confidence in those guys and, and the guys up front.
0: So would you say it is a must that you guys take more shots down the field as well? And if so, why?
4: Again, I think it's just uh, staying on schedule. Um, I think the coaches do a a great job of um, drawing up schemes and and plays that allow us to to thrive in our different roles. Um, So if if a shot presents itself, I'm sure Kyler would take it. Um, But again, it's all kind (laughs) of... just depending on what they give us you know they, they go too high shell and yeah. and decide to drop eight and things like that, then obviously, like, there's not too many shots you could take there. But uh, so it just depends on what the defense gives us. And, you know, Kyler do a great job of uh, giving. And
3: and you'll take every shot they give you down the field, won't you? Because this offseason started with your receivers coach, Sean Jefferson, sitting in that chair right there in late February. First, we talked about his son winning the Super Bowl. Then we talked about the Cardinals. And he talked on his own just about how they needed to target you more downfield. And Wolf gets it on Twitter, as the team's color analyst, right? I mean, how many times are they going to run Rondell more horizontally, right? They want to see you downfield as well. Uh, so, And we saw that against Minnesota, didn't we?
4: Yeah. Um, and again, whatever they, they draw up, I'm just trying to go out there and execute. And obviously, I can do a better job of breaking tackles and um, just, just being a guy. So uh, whatever they decide to throw at me, I'm just going to go try to execute
0: so do you like lining up in the backfield and if you are going to line up in the backfield do you want the ball would you run the ball
4: yeah no i mean again whatever i think i uh come with a lot of different skills that enable me to do a lot of different things and uh if they want me to run in between the tackles or they want me to run outside zone um if they want me to go play in the slide or they want me to go play outside whatever um uh, and if they're going to give me the ball, I'll take it are, anyway. Are,
0: are you good at running the stretch play, the, the outside zone?
4: Um, I mean... Do you like it? I'm, again, I'm, I'm with whatever. <laughs> <laughs> okay. mean, every free game with yeah.
3: me. He'll, he'll return punts, which he does. So, you know, what, it, absolutely. And look, the urgency is such right now with three straight division games. And the Cardinals at three and five. In fact, Kyler was asked just about that sense of urgency right here, right now. You know, since our urgency's got to be at all-time high, um, a lot of guys understand that. Um, they know what's at stake. You know, they know where we can take this thing, um, or we can
1: we can let it, you know, slip away. But uh, everything is is right there for us. Uh, but I mean, we're focused on this week, so can't really look too far ahead. But we understand what's you know what's ahead.
3: What do you think so far of the week of practice, including rain today, which is interesting. makes sense. It's Seattle week. But uh, what do you think? How has the team been this week?
4: Great. Uh, I think the communication has been really great. I think the energy has been really high. We've done a good job of executing, done a good job of uh, studying the film, talking with each other and getting things right, correcting things. Um, And again, just being urgent and being intentional uh, about being at work and, and making sure we're working at work.
0: If there's one thing you guys are going to have to do in order to beat Seattle, what would you say?
4: Stay on schedule. Uh, Stay and again, schedule. Uh, just to kind of reiterate what that means, it just means, um, you know, not getting in third and long and – um, limiting penalties and you know mental errors and making sure our splits are correct and things like like that. So uh, just doing all those sort of the little things.
3: And that's why they play that soft shell, right? Everything in front of them. They want the unforced errors, right? So, how about the hard knocks cameras that are everywhere? Are you looking forward to
4: the debut on Wednesday? What are you thinking there? Um, same thing to me, man. Just trying to come to work, do my job. Uh, it doesn't bother me. I think they do a good job of kind of staying out the way and. Getting footage, however, they can. So um, again, doesn't bother me either way. <laughs> You know, Wolf keeps angling for a lot of camera time. I, I hope your oh, te- te- I, I hope your teammates aren't
3: doing the same. You know, I mean, my goodness, just act as you were. just act natural, right, Rondale? Come on, <laughs> yeah,
0: for sure. <laughs> Rondale, thank you, man. We really appreciate it. Too. I appreciate you guys. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Looking forward to this one. This uh, I'm very curious to see what this Cardinals offense looks like now that they have a full complement of weapons going against Seattle and uh, coming off the game Rondale just had. So we'll see, especially against that secondary. Special thanks to Rondale Moore. We. We continue with a Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert.
2: Big third down for the Cardinals a minute to go here in the third third and five for the Vikings on their 30 shotgun snap to Cousins straight drop back in trouble hit ball is fumbled Isaiah Simmons chopped it out and Isaiah Simmons recovers it. What a play. Two plays by Isaiah Simmons. He strips the ball and then he recovers it big time by the former top 10 pick.
0: The X Factor, Isaiah Simmons, came on a blitz, beat his man, got his left paw out, and knocked the pig away from Cousins. A strip sack for Isaiah Simmons cardinals
3: will get a field goal not long after it would be 28 26 and then the fateful fumbling to the football the muff punt Cardinals turn it over. Boom. Vikings score. And yes, the game goes down to the last play, but the Cardinals on the short end 34 26. You heard Rondale Moore, a very special guest here on the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Paul Calvisi here. Ron Wolfley there. And we heard Greg Dorch and what he heard from Rondale Moore, right? What Rondale Moore shared with him. And that, that's good stuff. That a second year player, uh, he was that guy in the Thursday night game against Green Bay a year ago, a critical muff punt that ended up in a turnover, and he, so he went over, he could relate to it, and he was the guy who tried to pick up Greg Dorch.
0: Yeah, Pauly, you know, for me, that really was the story of the game right there. Uh, not only the turnovers, of course, but the line of scrimmage. Uh, the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. In particular, I would say the Minnesota Vikings in that first half really controlled the line of scrimmage, Pauly. You go back and you look at it, they rushed the ball 12 times in rundown situation. I'm talking about first and ten, second And one to six, rundown situation where the defense, for the most part, kind of has a, a suspicion that you're going to run the ball. They ran it 12 times in rundown for 100 yards, Polly. Now, the second wow. half, of course, they did a great job of shutting it down. They did. As a matter of fact, the Minnesota Vikings ran it 10 times in rundown situation in the second half for only 27 yards. So, great adjustments, of course, at the half. But, man, it was too late at that point in time. The Arizona Cardinals could not run the ball. They couldn't control the line of scrimmage on either side and they turn the ball over way too much
3: not totally unlike the week two game against minnesota a year ago where minnesota ran all over the cardinals until halftime and the mother of all adjustments and then they shut it down in the second half good point in the first half this game 8.4 yards a carry as a team the cardinals did better as a rush defense in the second half but still wolf when you get out rushed overall in the game 173 to 78 you heard cliff kingsbury talk about that after the game total yards were almost even but when the other offense is balanced and you're not, yeah. it, it just it tends to shut down what's available on the play sheet. You heard Rondell Moore talk about that. And, and Cliff Kingsbury has mentioned that numerous times. And we cited the stat where the Cardinals have trailed 91% of the play Man. time this year. and. All of that combined, it just feels like you know. You know, and I know Cliff doesn't want to come out and say it, but in those situations, you're you have to be handcuffed as a play caller.
0: Yeah, no, you are, Paulie, and boy, that that really is the difference I would say this year as opposed to what we were seeing last year. Um, would it shock you, Paulie, if I told you that going into December, I'm talking about at the end of November, going into December, week one of of December? Um, would it shock you to know the Arizona Cardinals were number five in run rate in the National Football League last year I mean, they going wow. into December they were still number five all season long in September and October and even well into November they were like top three in terms of running the ball I'm talking about how many times they ran the ball and it wasn't because Kyler Murray was pulling the ball down and running it he was not doing that as a matter of fact right so they need to get back to being able to run the ball the way that they were when their offense was really humming in the first 10, 12 weeks of the season.
3: You know, I remember that stat now. You know why? Because on his TV show, you brought that up, Cliff Kingsbury, and he made one of those gallows humor type jokes. He said, what was his comment? He said, yeah, we're going to have to do something about that. We got to change that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he did not like that.
3: He doesn't want to be known as the guy who runs, but he
4: does run the ball. he will
0: do it, Paulie, and that's the thing about Cliff that not enough people, I think, understand. He's not dogmatic, man. This is no Chip Kelly situation where it's going to be the air raid, it's going to be my way, or it's going to be the highway. I'm going to go out, I'm going to change the game of football, or you know what, I'm just not – no, that is not who he is. He's going to do what he needs to do to put his team in, a, in the best chance of winning games. Now, I know there's a lot of people right now that are really, really angry. They're really upset. But I can tell you, the, the answer is in the next three games and through the NFC West door.
3: And look, Cardinals got to figure out a way to run the ball. When Kyler Murray is your leading rusher, you know, and he's not yeah. having a 100-yard rushing yeah. game, then then guess what? That is a problem. And, yes, you had three backups on that offensive line. I get it. You're on your third center. You're on your third left guard. You have Josh Jones instead of your franchise left tackle, DJ Humphries, and that might be the case on Sunday. You're going to have to figure this out. Otherwise, you're going to end up taking yet another L. And like Isaiah Simmons said so well, he made a couple of big plays, but once again, the entire team lost in Minnesota third. 34 26 here's isaiah personally i just i hate
1: losing um i, I hate losing more than i like winning uh, you know for me i just feel like uh, there's definitely things that need to be addressed things that we need to clean up um no need to point fingers at anything uh these are we're competing we're in the games um but we just gotta take it to another level look they
3: won't point fingers but but yeah. i will i will here we go yeah When the two safeties are the two leading tacklers, that's a problem. Yep. When Buda Baker and Jalen Thompson, when J.T. is right up there with Buda and they're your leading tacklers, when Kirk Cousins is getting loose for a 17-yard touchdown run, and even his head coach and play caller, Kevin O'Connell, in NFL Films that released the clip, even he was like, whoa, that's a no comprendo. Didn't yeah. expect that to happen because too often the Cardinals were busting the edge. They didn't have the run support, and then near the goal line, they were able to run up the middle. There's a lot to fix on the defensive side of the ball, if you ask me.
0: Yeah, Paulie. You know, and the defense, as we all know, uh, has really gotten better um, over the course of this season. Uh, We all know how they started against Kansas City. And really, I would say the first two quarters, of course, against the Las Vegas Raiders as well. Um, But this defense has really surprised, over-delivered for the most part until the Minnesota Vikings game, in my opinion.
3: Totally agree. In fact, you know, Isaiah Simmons, they know they got to get this right. He was talking to the media this week, just the importance of a division game against the division-leading Seattle Seahawks, You're two games
1: below 500 Again, Isaiah Simmons. You know, this is definitely the most important game, really just because it's the next game. But um, just understanding that, you know, we still can write our destiny. So, you know, I think everybody understands what the importance of this game is and what it can do for us.
3: There Man. you go. Look, we set it off the top. The gauntlet. You have three straight division games. These teams know each other very well. And the last time you played Seattle, guess what? You did not score a touchdown on offense.
0: Yes. So, <laughs> and Paulie, they're playing better defensively now yeah. than when the Arizona Cardinals met them in Week Six. Yeah,
3: They have more personnel. Al Woods, their big interior defensive lineman, didn't play in that game. You know, Talking to guys in the locker room today, you know they're going to come in there, they're going to put five along that defensive front, which they weren't necessarily doing back in week six. They're going to use those three big interior defensive linemen. They're going to stuff the run on the interior, and then they're going to play that soft-shell zone with some really yes. talented young cornerbacks, <laughs> including Tariq Woolen. We brought it up with Rondell Moore because DeAndre Hopkins brought him up. When you get a A shout-out unsolicited from D-Hop as a fifth-round rookie who has four interceptions, and if you're trying to remember who that guy was, 27 was the guy who picked off the ball at the end against Hollywood Brown when Hollywood Brown went down with a foot and ankle injury. Yeah, he was the guy who had just made Hollywood and Kyler his fourth straight game with a pick.
0: Yeah, you know, Paul, um, this is what Seattle's going to do. They did it, and it worked the first time they played, but I, I would expect them to be a little bit more aggressive in terms of third down, especially early on, because they really weren't um, they're known as a team that's going to play a ton of zone. Rondell Moore, of course, talking to us about that very thing. They're going to play an awful lot of zone. They're going to rush four. They're going to drop seven. They're going to rush five every now and then. I would not be surprised, though, to see them drop a blitz, especially early on, just to try to get inside of Kyler's head, just to try to get inside of the play caller, Cliff Kingsbury, just to try to get inside the protection schemes of the Arizona Cardinals and let them know, oh, yeah, you know, you, you think we're just going to rush four and drop seven and play zone? No, that's not going to be the case. We're also going to come with a little chicanery.
3: Because, Wolf, if there's one thing you could improve on offense right now, wouldn't it be third down, your third down percentage? You, you were yeah. 4 of 11 against Minnesota. That's yeah. been really problematic. And just like Cliff Kingsbury doesn't like to admit – that he likes to run the ball. Ron Wolfley doesn't like to admit that he has all the numbers. I mean, Wolf, what is the Cardinals' percentage on third down this season? I know
0: you know. You know what? I don't know, Paulie. I do know they're number 27 in the league. Okay, I don't know the exact number, but I will tell you math and me, it doesn't go together well, Paul. You know that. It doesn't end well. They are number 27 in third down. Think about that, man. That is – that's big. Uh, They've got to get up into the top half of the league. Hey, episode 48 of the Day Pash Podcast featuring
3: ASU men's basketball coach Bobby Hurley. And is a good one. I heard some of it. Uh, I guess Spine It, your preferred pride podcast provider, or on Twitter via Pash Pod. We continue with a big red rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert.
2: Snap to Murray. Short set, throws left side in the end zone. One-handed catch for a touchdown by DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, my goodness. He stabbed that out of the air with his left hand, pulled it in for a huge Cardinal score. Fantastic chemistry
0: between Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. And you talk about those daggers, those steely knives. Stabbed the pig with his left hand out of the air.
3: That's right, Wolf. You and Pash called it. He never even used the right hand except when he put his finger to his mouth. The shh. The crowd in Minnesota. <laughs> that's that's why he wanted to have one hand
0: free. He's cold, Bully. He's I cold,
3: mean, man. Twelve catches on thirteen targets. A buck fifty-nine. A touchdown. I know he was mad about the one they did not connect on. Uh, it sort of looked like maybe he got his head around late or the pass was a little early. I'm not exactly sure, but uh, you know, it, it. Look, and I asked him this week, Wolf, and it's the big red rage by Santan Ford and Gilbert, Paul Calvisi, Ron Wolfley, and the return of DeAndre Hopkins, who's just been phenomenal in his two appearances and so productive, and it's been a different use of DeAndre Hopkins. You can just watch it, and you can see how much more they're moving him around from different starting spots. The next-gen stats verify it, and and Hop, you know, we talked to him about it this week, and and he said, yeah, he said, you know, that was an off-season point of emphasis, and it just gives him a little bit of an advantage other teams can't lock in on a starting spot because you know they're coming in hellbent on stopping deandre hopkins at least two games in they can't
0: yeah paulie um listen all last year of course they took deandre hopkins and 99.9 percent of the time he was going to be lined up to the left and he was going to be the split the wide the number one receiver to the left man so far we've seen it all he's been back in two games and they've moved him the left uh, over to the right of course he's a Number one receiver, meaning he's the widest receiver on either the right side or the left side. He's in the slot on both sides. Paul, they've actually put him in motion <laughs> as well. I mean, we've seen it all with DeAndre Hopkins. And you know what? I that that feels like an evolution to me. You know, that feels like a next step for me. Keeping him on one side, I think that did a lot to help Kyler Murray clear it up the the read for Kyler Murray. But now they're moving him around. And maybe Kyler is taking that next step as well as to how to read coverage based on where he is, whether he's in motion, whether he's in the slot, whether he's lined up as the number one. Maybe this is the next step here. And after that, Paulie, I would say, show me how Kyler Murray spreads the ball now that they're moving D hop around. That's the next step. Yeah.
3: And now can they cash it in? Can they be better on third down? Can they be better in the red zone? Can they turn some of these drives into touchdowns? And and DeAndre Hopkins talking to the media once again, one of the questions was just about the offensive struggles at times and how it's weighing, if it's weighing on anyone.
1: No, I don't think it's weighing on anyone. It's a long season. The division is still up for grabs. Uh, So for us, it's thinking about the things that we did right trying to trying to you know improve those and things obviously that we we didn't do right definitely working on those in practice but for us we don't panic
3: now they get a Seahawks defense, Wolf, that has been balling. Basically, ever since the Cardinals game in week six, they have turned it around big time. They forced 14 fumbles in eight games. Uh, they just held Saquon Barkley to a season-low 53 yards rushing, 2.7 yards a carry. Hello. Remember, the Giants entered with the number two rushing offense in the NFL. They held the Chargers to 53 yards rushing in between those two games, the Cardinals and the Giants. They've added 35-year-old Bruce Irvin, who had 47 snaps last week, he just missed two sacks. He's been dynamic, and then the secondary has been revamped. There you go and Tariq Woolen and company they have looked really good.
0: Absolutely, Polly. And listen, um you know what a big fan I am of the quarterback rating, okay? Not the QBR, I'm talking about the passer rating, the quarterback rating in the NFL. More times than not over the course of an entire season, you look at who's in the top 10 in quarterback rating and guess what? It's the usual names, Polly. It is the best quarterbacks in the league that have a high quarterback rating. That tells me, Paul, there must be some something to that metric, yep. right? There's something to that. Well, now flip that quarterback metric over for a defense. It's called the defensive quarterback rating. Okay. It, in other words, how do you play against the pass defensively? Well, the Seattle Seahawks, they were high 90s the first time the Arizona Cardinals played them. They were not rated well at all. Now, Over the last three games, they have lowered that to 76.0, Paul. Mm -hmm. 76, which is not a good day for a quarterback for the most part. 76.0. They have brought it down in three games, um, the scoring. Defensively, they were allowing 30 points, over 30 points a game when the Cardinals played them the first time in three weeks. Three weeks later, now all of a sudden, they're allowing 15 points a game over that stretch, Paul. So they are playing very very well defensively and what's so maddening about it what what i just want to gouge my eyes out about is the fact that this is the way it's been for the seattle seahawks the last three years i'm talking about 2020 2021 and 2022 they struggled in the first half of the season defensively and then for whatever reason pete carroll it got fixed in the second half we've seen that three consecutive years i think now If you want to go ahead and say, hey, week six was really the start of this renaissance they've experienced defensively.
3: You know, it's a great point because remember before the Cardinals played them in week six, they were coming off a loss to the Saints, and Pete Carroll's comment was they ran it down our throat, yes, and that was Paul. unacceptable because New Orleans had run for 235, and it was the fourth straight opponent to rush for 145 yards or more. So they've dialed down the rush defense, and then everything has followed. They've become a yes. really sound defense, and they become opportunistic. And look who even what happened in that Cardinals game. At Seattle on a sunny day, the Cardinals started four or five on third down, and they went zero for eleven the rest of the game. Yes. They were they were one for five on fourth down. Remember, they were compelled to go for it on fourth down because they didn't have Matt Prater, so they they didn't go for field goal attempts at 38, 45, and forty one yards. So. It was a different game without Prater, and the Cardinals were held in check big time over the last three quarters by the
0: Seahawks. Holy, I just honestly, I, I think I want to bring it back to the line of scrimmage, man. This game is going to be won or lost on the on the line of scrimmage. you got to be able to run the ball. you got to be able to protect Kyler Murray, put him in a balanced offense. It's going to start and end on the line of scrimmage. Billy Price
3: your center, Cody Ford your left guard, Josh Jones your left tackle. If indeed that's what happens then guess what? Uh, you know, you're going to have to pull it off with backups on three-fifths of your offensive Gotta line. Got to win, Spe- yep. Special thanks, Rondale Moore. Great to have the young receiver. He had a great game. Look for more of that. Maybe even some Robbie Anderson this week. Jim Almohundro, thank you. Cody Fincher, thanks as well. For Ron Wolfley, on Paul Calvisi. This has been the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert.